I'm Gab. He's Jules. It's cloudy, crappy skies yes. over West London. But you know what? It doesn't matter because we've got a tremendous show for you. We have the Europa League final scenes in Seville. Must we have the run-in in Serie A. We've got Mbappe news. We've got Messi news. But we have to start with the run-in in the Premier League. Uh, only a few days to go. For the ninth time in 30 years. I don't know if this is a little or a lot. I couldn't figure it out. It's going down to the wire. Yeah. Last day of the season. And... <laughs> This is all because Liverpool played Southampton on Tuesday night yeah. and and Liverpool won. Liverpool won 2 1. Yeah. But Jules, when I saw the lineup, I was absolutely shocked because, again, context on the scenario Liverpool are behind and they're behind on, on goal difference as well. So people were cracking jokes. Haha, it's Southampton. Remember when they lost 8 0 or 9 0? Hazen Hotel, ha ha ha. You know. Um, so I assumed, right, they're going to go, they're going to pump them for goals. But no. You're going to club through a curveball. You've got a Champions League final coming up. You've got the final day of the season. I think club thought, even with a B team, even with Harvey Elliott and, and Curtis Jones and Simicas and Joe Gomez, we can still be a team. Southampton team that physically were there, but mentally already in the Bahamas. So I just thought... And it was a Southampton B team too, by the way. It was, it was to be <laughs> fair. Even the formation and the back three as they use at times, but it was not very good. So other clubs though, you know what? Even if we go behind like they did, same against Aston Villa, we can come back and we can win this. And they did. They did. It's pretty ballsy. I guess he looked at he looked at the table. And and I think in the end we're gonna look back on that on that West Ham game and that that, that city played at the weekend and the yeah. fact that they drew you know, having been 2-0 down rather than losing. And he said, you know what, there's not even... Goal difference isn't going to come into this anyway. Because that extra point makes a difference, right? Yeah, so it the does. The chances that they finish level on points and goal difference becomes a factor are, let's face it, close to zero at this point, <laughs> Completely. right? Completely. So when you put it that way, at that stage, he said, let me just get the three points. If they have a bad day and they draw and we win, or, or you know, do you wonder how much he really believed they can win the Premier League? I mean, he said, I don't expect City to drop point against, against Villa anyway, so may as well think more about the Champions League final than, than the Wolves game and the last game of the season because he probably feels like there's, they, don't, they have a chance but not really have a chance kind of thing. Or you don't think that comes in his mind? I want to talk up the last day of the season, right? Wait, wait, but this is... The, look, in the real analytical world, he knows it's stacked against them, right? Yeah. And he yeah, knows... Yeah, and, and this is what I think is, is interesting, right? We hear the talk of the mentality monsters and all this stuff, right? Um, and the, the, the psychology of the penalty shootout. But that final was draining, and he paid his, the, the FA Cup final the week before, and, uh, or the Saturday before, and he played his best players. Mm. So to me, that says, I want to prioritize winning trophies. I'm, I want to win a treble this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? If it's the League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League treble... I think that means more. That's where I have the best chance yeah, yeah, to win yeah. this. You are putting a lot of eggs into a basket because you don't know what's going to happen at City with their makeshift defense. You don't know what's going to happen this weekend. So no, I, but I, I just, I, I'm just fascinated. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but these are the big decisions you have to make. Yeah, yeah. and you got it right because they won. They one point behind now. Okay, the goal difference hasn't moved. Well, it moved by one, but so it's still they're still far behind, but they still very much have a chance. How? Weird was that goal, the the winning goal. So weird, but like I don't even I don't think Matip knows anything about the ball coming, and Walker Peters is clearly closing his eyes and then hoping for the best, <laughs> and that's it. 
Um, from Pep's perspective, when you when you see this, when you see that he played an understrength team, um, do you think it impacts your approach on the last day? And I know the stock answers, no, look, just no, wait yeah. and focus on yourself or whatever. Yeah, I think we should. I think they were, but but, but I think a little bit it says they, they're slightly giving up the ghost. Yeah, I think so. But do you remember when Leicester won the title and they were all at Jamie, all the players were at Jamie Vardy's house, mm. watched the Chelsea Spurs game because they knew that if Spurs didn't win, they would be champions. There was none of that in Manchester. I don't think there was any City players at the same house just in case Southampton were beating Liverpool and to to basically win the title. For we sent a, a reporter, another guy for French TV in Manchester, to watch the game in a pub with the City fans ready to celebrate. In case, and there was no one out there. No <laughs> one was watching. Everything was empty. It was just like <laughs> yeah, because maybe they didn't believe that Southampton could beat Liverpool, and they they knew already it would all go down to the last game on Sunday. Uh, that's phenomenal television, by the way. It the reporter, the empty Mancunian. He was on his own there saying, oh, yeah, just me here. <laughs> All right, just to recap for those who've been under a rock, uh, we have uh, Manchester City playing Steven Gerrard's Villa, yeah. chock full of former Liverpool players. And we have Liverpool hosting uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, it's all going to be over on Sunday. All right, Joseph, if I read you correctly earlier, mm -hmm. and I think we both agree on this, Klopp, and I think it's entirely understandable, is he's playing the percentages. Yeah. He played the percentage of the FA Cup final. He played the percentage. And in some ways, you could also argue you know, the FA Cup final is a good warm-up for the Champions League final as well in terms yeah. of what you go through. Mm -hmm. And he said, I can't do everything. My players are tired. My players are worn down. You know, I can keep beating the mentality monster drum. Yeah, like take Salah and Van Dijk, for example, because I think Fabinho, this game on Sunday would be too early. But Salah might play, it might just be 50%. Would you risk him really against Wolves? No, but would you have risked Mane or Trent? For Southampton? For Southampton. 100% no. But they will start on Sunday for sure. But they weren't even on the bench. Won. That's yeah, what I find interesting about the Southampton game. They weren't even on the bench. Well, you said like, oh yeah, and then they bring the cavalry off the bench. Fine. You want to do that? You want to go Gomez, Simicus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys weren't even on the bench. That's no, why. I mean, you're saying like, oh, it's it okay. I've got Origi. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, no. I see what you mean. But I don't, I think they would have dropped points. They could have easily drawn that game. Although they were much better and they, they, I think they deserve to win. And he would have thought, you know what, it's okay. We had an amazing season so far. Now it's all about the Champions League. We've got 10 days to prepare. That Wolves game, we don't really care. It's the last home game of the season. So we're going to do a lap of honor with all the kids and the wives and, and everything. But then that's it. It's all about, it's all about Paris. And that, that, look, I think he made the right decision. And I think he made a yeah. brave decision. Because I think it takes a certain, I think it takes a certain type of person who can say, all right, there's no right answer here. But I'm going to do the one which will set me up for criticism. Because imagine they lose that game and then imagine City drop points on Sunday. Yeah. You know, and but, people say like, oh, you know, you should have gone for it. You're cowardly. You know, and imagine that then has a knock-on effect as well. That is a storm of negativity and then that the affects final. him in the Champions League final. So mm. I, I think it was brave. I don't... Yeah, no, he was you know, brave. I, I, I don't have a problem when people make decisions and stand by them. And then afterwards, he spins us the whole line about the Ferraris and the garage and whatever. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, he's supposed to say that. I don't have an issue with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was really interesting. I didn't, it's not something I expected to see. To but you would not risk anyone on Sunday. We agree with that, right? You won't play one Dyke if he's only 50% or Salah if he's only 50% because there might be a risk that there's a setback and then they miss the Champions League final. 
I mean, Which maybe, game is the most important right now? No, and don't give me the BS or the next game is always the most important. Obviously, the champion. Obviously, no. If they're 50%, I wouldn't risk them. I might be more. Uh, look, I don't. In a one off game like this against Wolves, I don't think. Given. I, I don't think a, a center back is going to be as important in this game. I mean, why? I, I, I need Van Dyke to continue. Well, yeah, especially can, with know. Matip and Konate. Like, you've got You're enough okay. depth in your And squad. I think. Salah as well. I would expect Mane to be back for this game, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Trent. You know, and hey, if you've got if you've got Trent at right back, if you've got a front line of Mane, Luis Diaz, was another one who didn't play at all, yeah, on, yeah, right? Yeah. He was on the bench. Mane, Luis Diaz, and 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 Jota or Firmino. That's that's I enough for Wolves. Exactly. I don't need Completely. to bring in Salah. Because I'm going to send Wolves to on holidays to. So I said Bahamas for Southampton. <laughs> I think Wolves could go to. Somewhere very exotic, I can see that. All right, I want to ask about the last Liverpool manager to win a Champions League title, Rafa Benitez, because mm -hmm. he gave a long interview to to us. Where you know, and I don't know. Have you interviewed Rafa before? Yes. Okay. Yes. I've had it too, and I think he starts out saying, at least with me, he started out saying, "Oh no, we're going to go, just going to be manager speak," you know, yeah. and he says all the right things. Yeah, all the right things. But That's then he can't help himself. Yeah. And then he gets a little bit honest. And because he's human, and I don't say this in a negative way, right? He said a couple of things. He said Frank Lampard had to take responsibility for Everton's position because of where they were and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay, debatable. I mean, obviously he has to take responsibility because yeah. they're in charge. But, you know, kind of team effort, right? Yeah, Everton's yeah, yeah. stinker of a season. Yeah. <laughs> then he made a comparison with Klopp. And he said, like, oh, I only had £20 million to spend a season. Um, but to make what point? Uh, whereas Klopp, you know, he can spend 47 million on Jota and this and Luis Diaz and these guys on the bench. What do so you make what, of this? But what I don't understand, okay, this, the bitterness I think a lot of people have in them, and we saw that with Ronald Koeman, who every time he opens his mouth now is to criticize Barcelona <laughs> or Xavi. Come I knew Koeman was going to come up. I know, he's lucky I didn't call him the Dutch guy again. <laughs> but why? Why are you so bitter? Like, it doesn't make you a, a better manager or a worse manager than your Jurgen club if you had less money to spend. You might have more money to spend and you might not have been as successful as you were at Liverpool. And the same, is, the same can be said for Klopp. Klopp, they sold well. They were able to reinvest that money and buying Van Dijk and buying Fabinho and those kind of players. Plus, they're far more profitable. Well, they get more money now because they win more things than at this time. But I don't understand. The market this. has changed. Yeah. yeah, but I don't understand why you would come now and and try to undermine what Klopp is doing at the club because for you it was a bit different. No, and you could also be churlish and say, "Hey, look, they sold Coutinho and Luis Suarez, yeah. who at the time were the most important players, players yeah. at the club." He could have sold Gerald. He could and have reinvested <laughs> yeah, exactly. hundred million or whatever it would have been sixty million for someone else. So, I, I get to me. Rafa will always be a Liverpool legend, right? And I do think that if I was to psychoanalyze from the outside, I think some of the bitterness that he sensed in the air when he took over at Everton, coupled with the fact, well, he's like, I won, I reached two Champions League finals with Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I won two Champions League finals, right? Um, I... Sorry, did he win two? One, or am I, no, am one, I I'm imagining the Valencia the one. No, the I one that he won is worth two easily. So, yeah. uh, with those eight minutes of madness. But yeah. yes, um, I, I want to remind people that I'm here, that I exist, that, you know. But this the is other, a weird thing I'm, about those, that generation. Is it that generation? Is it you, you're going to draw a parallel between him, Mourinho, and the other 
guys who were in vogue in those years? There's a lot of former players who think that the new generation has forgotten them as players before. And for Benitez, it sounds a bit the same, but I don't think he needs to remind people how he won that European trophy with Liverpool and what he did at Liverpool before. And what he I did think, at Valencia as well, yeah, which yeah, is but huge. I, I don't know. I always, I'm always a bit surprised by all that kind of well, thing. Well, in terms of ex-players, um, yeah. we've touched upon before about Patrice Evra's comments about Manchester City and Pep Guardiola's approach. Yeah. Um, Patrice Evra, by the way, says a lot of things, very active on social media and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But he made the point that the reason that Pep's teams go out is because they lack individual personality. They, they yeah. lack players with big personality who are winners. Now, we've discussed this on the show and said, yeah, well, yeah, we, it's not really fair because well, it's not really true because obviously his teams won out when he had Manuel Neuer and Thomas Muller and, you know, true. those guys are big personalities, yeah, yeah, right? Big personality. um, but Pep responded to it. <laughs> really, really, really brutally, I thought. I mean, I love it because you know exactly Pep, I think, can sometimes bite his tongue not to be too brutal at times when he answers questions that he doesn't like. Sometimes you can tell by his face and the body language that he hates either the question or he even hates being there in front of you. And for Evra, you knew he was going to let it go, and especially after the disappointment of that Real Madrid defeat. And he basically said that when his team used to destroy Patrice Evra's team, which was quite often, to be fair, and especially in, in 2011 in that Champions League final at Wembley, then he could not see the, uh, the leadership and the strong character of Patrice Evra on the pitch, which I think is a little bit petty. It's petty. It's entirely, it's entirely unnecessary. What? I don't think Pep, you know, he's Pep Guardiola. He's one of the two greatest managers right now. Why do you answer Patrice Evra to start with, even if you no. disagree with the comments? I think it denotes maybe a certain amount of, of nervousness, a certain amount of regret. About the way this season, I, I still think he, he looks at his team. He's being criticized overall in general. I mean, no one likes it, I guess, but because it doesn't happen very often yeah. because his team are so good. Um, I mean, the easy answer for Patrice Evra and Patrice, if, if you're watching, you know, this is all you got to say is, yeah, but there were other players with big personalities. I wasn't talking about myself, I didn't have a big personality. <laughs> other guys with big personalities on my team, sure. you know, <laughs> which, which there were, answer. incidentally. Um, I, I don't know, this whole personality you know we, we hear this take the game player who takes the game by the scruff of the neck and blah yeah. blah blah again to me some of it is a little bit nonsense because i look at kevin de Bruyne. he doesn't scream and shout he doesn't go and like you know make crazy tackles he doesn't wave his arms he does get red face because he's a, yeah, little, yeah, bit, he's a little bit ginger and runs around a lot but the man is playing with painkillers. The man is injured. He's not even on I, the pitch when Real Madrid scored well, their goals anyway. So no, no, but leaving that aside. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. He is a big personality. Yeah, yeah, he is. You know, I, and there's different ways to be a big, assertive personality. Yeah. I, I, I think sometimes this whole, like, dressing room, leadership, voodoo. No, look, it's not just in football, right? You get it in management, too, right? About, oh, let's have the leaders of tomorrow and blah, you got a good... You know, if we're talking in, in the business world, mm. I kind of think... If you do your job, if you lead by example, if you stand up to be counted when it matters and you put in the effort, and Kevin De Bruyne, I'm just mentioning him out, but I could see yeah, others, yeah, yeah. puts in just as much effort as whoever you think the worst city player is. I mean, what, what, what more do you want? What are we talking about? 
Yeah, I understand the leadership point, though. I have to say, it felt it, that defeat at the Bernabeu, and we said it on the show as well. I think they like being in control, and when they're not in control, they are a bit lost, to be fair, because that's what they taught, how to always be in control. And when that goes wrong, then I think they, they don't really know how to react. And also, also, I think the lack of leadership at times from within the pitch maybe explain the lack of reaction and how you concede. If you look at, they, they very often concede goals back to back in games. Yes, you've talked about it. Yeah. And, so, I, and, and I, I think that's know. true. I, I think there's an aspect there to that. I think it's a lot more complex than yeah, just saying course, Pep doesn't like leaders. But anyway, I've got my popcorn. I've, got, I've got just one last thing. Mm. Remember how we talked about that company that helps for penalties at Liverpool? Did you see the, 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 that, that AI company that is also helping club with the team and stuff like that? I just thought I pointed out because you no, probably what are they think doing? it's nonsense. I'm not really sure completely. I need to look into it. I, I know there's the other one that's helping them with, uh, with injuries and kind of yeah, the the in the yeah. red zone and stuff that's like that. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how that's what they do. I don't know exactly, but it seems that on the last six months, well, it's funny when we say that when Van Dijk, Salah and Fabinho are all out injured right now, but it seems that they've <laughs> had less muscular injuries than others in the last six months or something. Over the course of the season, yeah. And look, every so often, these companies, I mean, I think four or five years ago, I mean, well, go, go back through the years, mm. you had Milan Lab and Milan yeah, and Mersman yeah, yeah, yeah. and saying like, oh, we own, you know, we had an 82% decline in muscular injuries or what, you know. Who's counting it? You don't, you know, football clubs don't need no, to disclose injuries, right? Um, you had the other one, another company that worked with Getafe, which got a lot of buzz. They raised a lot of money a few years ago. Getafe was kind of like their, their, their test case. I think from the outside, it's really difficult to judge because muscular injuries can happen in many different ways. You That's need a true. large data sample That's and so true. on. That's true. I do think, though, there's obviously science in it. And so I don't view this in the same light as the oh, guy the who during the penalty. on the penalties. Okay. Yes, who says like, oh, look, Tuchel's still scribbling on a piece of paper. But in the end, it's the same thing. The, the little details that can help you win. Why not taking all those people on board if they can help you? Well, I don't think many people work with an AI company to try to prevent injuries like Liverpool do. I think most clubs have, maybe, whether we call it AI or not, but most clubs obviously have close monitoring of this. And there are yeah, a lot of companies so. in that space. Um, look, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I, to me, this is medical, this is measurable. To me, this makes a lot of sense. The, the neuro people, look, if it makes you take penalties better, fine. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not, what I'm not having is that, you know, oh, Thomas Tuchel, he wasn't prepared. Thomas Tuchel, you know, he didn't show the right body language confidence when he's kneeling and he's still scribbling things down, whereas Klopp gives everybody a big hug. That, huh? I'm not buying, is that that is the reason that Liverpool won in penalties. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow 
grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Premier League run-in jewels. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Eintracht Frankfurt have won the Europa well, League. Go. They beat Rangers on penalties after it finished 1-1 after extra time. Jules deserved on the night? I, I thought so. It was exactly the game that we, we thought would happen, That the game that we, we kind of described before in the sense that Frankfurt were always a better side. I think they're back five, the way they're structured. It's such a nicely drilled team. They're better on the ball, and, and especially for Rangers without Morelos, for example, and some of the key players, it was always going to be more of a hard performance than you know using the ball well. In fairness, they scored first, Rangers, and I thought after that, okay, uh, maybe they're going to close the shop, and that's it. They then, tried. Yeah. That, that was a pretty it. big defensive blunder, I thought, on the cross. Were... Massively. But first, Scott Wright has to close Kostic. The one thing that Kostic is really good at, which the Crossing. whole entire world knows, <laughs> He's crossing. Left how, crossing on his left foot. How can you leave him that space to put that perfect cross and then? But the center back, no, no, Golson, though. I, I thought yeah, I, I thought that was him. worse. It's like it looks like he almost. <laughs> he's like, let me let the ball. Yeah, yeah, run. yeah, yeah. Let the ball go. Maybe a goalkeeper called for Maybe, it. I, I, I don't. Know. I don't know. But it's really strange. To be fair to Rangers, they they looked like they had more energy and extra time. And they of course, did. they had that they had that Shoot tremendous chance. chance of Ryan Kent, Ryan Kent a Liverpool yeah. guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, was that a great save from Kevin Trapp? Will you tell me it was a great save because I'm a PSG guy? Or should I Trapp had finished, or should uh, Kent have finished better? It's both. I really, I think it's a great, I mean, he leaves his leg and then the ball hit the leg. I don't know if he knows much about it. Similar one to the Brice Samba for Nottingham Forest against, uh, against Sheffield the other night as well, where you go for it and then you hope, hope that either one of your two arms or one of your two legs will hit the ball. But Kent should have scored that, I think, 100%. But in the end, well done for, for Frankfurt in 30 years or 40 years was the last time they won it. It's been I think, a long time. against Gladbach. Well done for them. They've been in the Champions League. Five German clubs next season in the Champions League. Yeah, hope, hope, Bundesliga. Hope, hope, Bundesliga. And Gab, some people get snooty about the Europa League. We've said that before, especially this year when we had the team that was second in Scotland in the final against the team that was 11th in the Bundesliga. But the fans in Sevilla put quite a lot of big spectacle. I thought it was absolutely it was tremendous. Amazing. It was absolutely... I mean, if you're just watching on television, you have literally a sea of blue... And then you have that sea of white out, yeah. on the other side. Um, both sets of fans kept it up. I mean, obviously, two very lively sets of fans. There was some trouble in town as well. Not as much as some people thought there was going to be or, or made out there was. I think this is great. Look, I, mm, I'd say I have good. ties to both cities. I've been to Glasgow uh, many times. Um, and I used to live in Frankfurt. So for me... As, as a kid. So for me, like, you know, this was nice. And, you know, I got no problem with this. I think it's great. I think those people who look at this purely from a business perspective, right? The the, the Super League guy, oh, it's got to be Real Madrid against Manchester United. Otherwise, I don't care. This was a tremendous spectacle. It was tremendous for the neutral, even though the football wasn't great, uh, necessarily. Yeah. But you had drama, you had tension. Well done to the two of them. They got nothing to be ashamed of. And I genuinely think the Europa League works. Yeah, I agree. The ethics board of the French Football Federation has asked Paris Saint-Germain's Idrissa Gay to respond to suggestions he missed the game against Montpellier because he refused to wear a rainbow shirt in support of LGBTQ rights. Jules, are they right to call him in to explain himself? 
I personally, I think so. I can understand if people disagree with that. Uh, this is the ethic committee again, and they find it unethical, unethical, unethical that he refused to play because clearly now we know. Did Paris Saint-Germain sure. come out and say he refused to play? That's what. That's the. So that's maybe the they should truth. ask Paris Saint-Germain first. Yeah. Well, it's not their fault. Well, no, it's his fault. So no, we, know, we know now that he refused to play. So Paris Saint-Germain have confirmed yeah, that he yeah, refused yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But even his, like, his camp, everybody is brave right. that he didn't want to play, like last season where he had right. a stomach yeah. back. Okay? So you call him in and you say, can you please explain what the reasons why you didn't want to play, what's wrong? We saw the, uh, the Senegal president come in and defending him and saying he's got religious belief, we have to respect that. Okay? But I don't think this was acceptable, to be fair. Personally, I think before the French Football Federation gets involved, PSG need to get involved. And but they are. They, they need are. to come out. First of all, they need to come out on the record and say he refused to play. And because he's our employee and he reflects our company, they can That's compel they him do. to say, listen, you need to speak out and say why you didn't refuse to I play. I think they're even reassessing his future at the club. Even. Well, that's fine. And if we respect, we respect your views, but we're your employer. And if they're not in line with our values, we have a right to take appropriate action. I have it written into my contract, right? I can't say things no, 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 no. that don't reflect my company's values. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's real life. Yeah. But I, I, would, I, I wish Paris Saint-Germain had taken more of a leadership in this I, I, rather than some outside body. But I wish he had said something already. Oh, yeah. of course. Because that would, that would not have yeah. been happening. No. He, the, the, if he had explained his reasons before, that would not be the case. And if we stick with Gay, his Senegal teammates... Uh, Ismail Assar, the Watford uh, forward, and Sheikh Kouyaté, the Crystal Palace midfielder, have been criticised for appearing to support Gay on social media, although uh, for Saar, he deleted his tweet. And Crystal Palace boss Patrick Vieira was asking his press conference yesterday as well, uh, and he said that he would speak to Kouyaté. What do, you, what do you make of that? I believe Vieira, I believe, was, is of is Senegalese descent, right? I think yeah, he was actually born yeah, in Dakar. Yeah, 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 um, look. I think people are entitled to their views, however unpleasant and however much I might disagree with them. If you want to show support for a teammate in this context, that's your business. Equally, when these guys sign their big contracts with their clubs, they have public behavior, reputation, yeah, exactly. contracts. And then you say, does this violate it? If it doesn't violate it, that's fine. I don't think we can create a climate. This is illegal where they come from. In, in Senegal, right? So I think it's fair for people to say, look, these are our values. Yeah, if you want yeah. to be here, you must be, you must accept those values or at least not do anything publicly against those values. But again, I think it's got to be the clubs who take the lead on no, this. No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's crunch time in City A, Jules. Milan have a two-point lead over Inter and travel to face Sassuolo. Inter host Sampdoria. Milan have the tie-breaking head-to-head. Yeah. It's their title to lose at this stage, right? It is massive league gap, of course. Even just to draw uh, would be enough for them to, to be crowned champions. They've, they've bottled it at times on the last game of the season mm -hmm. before. It happened before. I don't think it will happen this time. We said that they... That they've played at times like champions. I mean, I, I thought Napoli would win it, so I'm completely out of it. But now nah, between Milan and Inter, I think Milan, Milan are the favourite. They, they have so much confidence. Even when they can't score straight away, they don't panic. They've got clutch players like Rafael Leao, Tonali and, and Theo, who have been amazing the last few weeks for them, even if the rest of the team hasn't play, been playing great. And defensively, they're so strong. So I don't think Sassuolo will score. I know Sassuolo is a tougher team than Sampdoria for Inter. Uh, and even if you go away from home, but I can see Milan doing that. Only one I would say with Sassuolo, 
It's like they're like the box of chocolates. Right? Yeah, you yeah, never yeah. know what you're going to get, that's and true. they can that's turn true. it on. That's true. Juventus, meanwhile, drew with Lazio back on Monday night. But the story was the tearful farewell of Giorgio Chiellini and Paolo Di Balaga. This was really emotional. It was emotional. It was, it was. It was funny. So, like, Chiellini, like, obviously, like, Juventus Stadium, they love doing uh, this. They turn on the lights. Yeah. They play the music. Not the most imaginative, right? Because it's like, um, it, 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 it's like, you know, I got a feeling and then the stupid song from Euro, We Are the People, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Giorgio Chiellini's there with his kids and it's, it's, it's funny and it's sweet and it's, he's just been such so important for the club. Although it's not clear that he's really going away because I think he'll be back in an executive role. That's, I know it's MLS for an executive role. We've said before. Yeah, he must still play even. In MLS. Playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for yeah. you, Vic. No, no. Um, but the other one which surprised me was, was Paolo Dybala. Paolo Dybala was, was crying. Yeah, but proper cry. But proper, proper, proper crying. Proper, yeah, and like, I know part of it is he looks like he's a like, child anyway, just yeah. the way his face is. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, dude, like, you kind of created the situation. Um, Too right. But still, a tremendous send-off. And look, Dybala has done a lot of important things for you. Yeah, I think of course. They're of course. recognizing that. Some people want him to yeah. stay, but... It just I think be strange next season when he scores for Inter, you know, at the J Stadium. This, that's all I'm. That's all I mean. Is he going to play for Inter? We'll <laughs> see. Jules, I remember when Kylian Mbappe was going to let us know his plans in the next oh, few days. Kylian. Well, if you, next few days have passed, Kylian. Any more clarity? Oh man, I've, this this story. I think he's doing a lot of people's head in. I mean, even Kylian himself, maybe, and the whole family on what? Okay, go on and now announce it and decide. And is he monetizing this at least? Like what? No, no, not even. He it's just not genuinely, even a saga. But, that, but this to me says he genuinely hasn't decided. I think he. I mean, he said on Sunday he has decided. Mostly, almost. almost. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. PhD don't believe that. They can keep him now. Uh, they've tried everything. I think, in a way, they sh they're not trying anymore, but they're like, okay, we're still here. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when he will announce it. Now people, are, people used to say, okay, he will announce it before the game at the weekend. So if he leaves, he can say farewell, like Chiellini and Dybala that we just said, because the game is at the party price. Now people are saying that he will wait until maybe the week after, so the Monday, from the Monday onwards, before he joined the national team on the Saturday. I... I don't know. I still think it's likely, very likely, that he goes to Real Madrid and they know. If he it. does announce it at home, we know what the crowd is like at the, at the Parc de Prince. Would there be any resentment towards him simply because so. if he had said yes a year ago, they would have had another 180 million? Whereas it now would have been, I think it was, would have been worse a year ago. I right. think. So there's I, no resentment towards I don't think there no. would be, no. Okay. I don't think there would be. And meanwhile, Gab, reports in Argentina suggest that Leo Messi is on his way to MLS. And they also claim that he will be offered a 35% stake in Inter Miami when his contract with PSG expires in June 2023. So there's two things. One, playing for MLS, and two, owning a third of an MLS franchise. Now, there's a fellow named Jorge Messi, who I think knows Lionel Messi pretty well because yeah. his dad uh, was also his agent. He's denied this. 35% um, stake in Inter Miami. I, I, I tried to kind of figure out how much is this actually worth because... You know, David Beckham bought the club for $25 million, but that's yeah. because he negotiated into his thing when he went to the LA Galaxy and whatever. Franchise fees in MLS run, I think the most recent one was $200 million in St. Yeah. Louis. My, Miami, I would expect to be more expensive than yeah. St. Louis, plus yeah. it's been operating. I mean, 35% is going to be a really big number. I can't it's imagine them just giving it away to, you know, so this to me sounds 
really bizarro, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't see why he should be in a rush to the side. He'll still be Lionel Messi in June 2023. Yeah. Also on Monday, Arsenal lost oh, control of their own tough four destiny when they lost in Newcastle 2-0. Jules, this was really ugly. It Arteta was. says they must, quote, swallow the poison. And then Newcastle were, quote, 10 times better. Is he right? Yeah, I think he's right. Yeah, Newcastle were far better. Uh, I think the pressure got to this, this young Arsenal team. The pressure got to Arteta himself. I think we made some mistakes too. Like the pressure got to them against Spurs and they had it in their own hands and now they don't anymore. They would need no wish to be Spurs, which is not going to happen. And them to win against Everton at home. Uh, and that's it. But maybe, maybe fourth was overachieving. I, I really believe that. I'm not sure they're ready to go into the Champions League. I don't think they've got the squad, even, even if they invest heavily in the summer. I think fifth is more, is more where they are right now, I think. Uh, it's, I, it's, it's hard because you lose it to Spurs and there you are rivals and all of that and because you had it in your own hand but I'm not sure it would have been a, I'm not sure it would have been a blessing okay. to qualify for here's, the here's the flip side right you're qualifying for the Europa League you do not have a very big squad to begin with yeah you couldn't take advantage of this season when Manchester United stunk it up as they and, and fell apart when Spurs changed managers after 10 games of the Nuno nightmare experience and you didn't have any European football. So you had you got to prepare no, no, for every I know, game. Yeah. That makes a big difference. And so next year, they have Europa League. They got to try this assault again on finishing top four and growing. They're going to have to make the squad bigger. I think it's undeniable. Yeah, I right? yeah, wish they would, for sure. Um, I think it's, it's, it's uphill. I think it's uphill in, the, in a big, big way. You can qualify for the Champions League and have a horrendous season because it's just too hard. The Champions League is too hard. To compete on both levels is too high. But you get more money and you bring in better players. No, I don't I know. Big summer ahead. Yeah. Sticking with Newcastle, despite the wealthy Saudi ownership, manager Eddie Howe says they won't spend big, Gav. They're linked with Ivan Tony, Patrick Bamford, Dominic Calvelluin, those kind of players. You buying it or you still think that there might be one or two like proper markets? Listen, on? everything that we've heard from Newcastle is that, yes, we've got all the money in the world, thanks to PIF, which is a totally separate legal entity yeah, yeah. from the Saudi government. Um, but equally, we'll spend the money and we're going to grow gradually. And, we're gonna, and if you're going to do that, then, I mean, I don't know some of these guys, Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming off, a, off an injury, Bamford coming off an injury, Ivan Tony not coming off an injury, but is he really, you know, this big upgrade? I, I, I don't know, but... I think that's how you grow. I think there's an element of Eddie Howe as well, where I don't know if you, you know, rock up with like 10, especially foreign stars. His record with foreign players historically hasn't been Yeah, they're not Bruno Guimaraes. No, Trust me. Bruno Guimaraes is a much easier sell Completely. because of where he comes from. So, yeah, no, I think growing gradually makes sense for Newcastle. Yeah. Black Bulls' Jake Daniels has become only the second active men's footballer to come out uh, as gay and the first in the UK since Justin Fashionu more than 30 years ago. The other one, of course, Josh Cavallo, who yeah, came out last year. Jules, your reaction? It's amazing. Well done to Jake to have the courage of, of doing his coming out like this. I think it's incredible, and I think this is... This is part of the fight as well in the beginning for him so good luck for the years to come meanwhile Gab the FA is investigating one of his teammates Marvin Ekpiteta for homophobic twist that he made a decade ago I, this is this is stupid I think this, this is going to end in nothing uh, I don't see how it's relevant with what he said a, a decade ago especially the nature of what he said he complained yeah. about there being too many gay characters on a TV show uh, he agrees that with Nigeria outlawing gay marriage and he did this 10 years ago when the world was a different place, when Nigeria is a different place in Western Europe. Most importantly, Jake Daniels said he's moved on, lay off of Marvin Ekpiteka. If he doesn't have a problem with yeah. it, I don't. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab. Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Robert Lewandowski, say, see what I did there? Yes. When old Derek Ray uh, saga rumbles on at Bayern. Jules, what's the latest? We have a proper saga, Gab, on our hands. Rumors everywhere. Pinis are in Barcelona. He bought shirts with Lewandowski names in the back. No, he's in ten London. Ten shirts, apparently. Ten shirts. No, he's in London. No, there's this. Robert is waiting. There's other clubs, like we mentioned before, PSG, Chelsea, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I mean, I hope now he can go, you know, he can go a bit on holidays. Then I guess he would play the Nations League with Poland. Uh, and and I, I, I don't know, man. I, I can understand Barcelona trying. And Laporta said, oh, let Alemani and Cruyff work in and let them work. And they're going to try to come up with something. If you're Lewandowski, do you wait? How long are you going to wait? How long are Barcelona going to put something together? How much money do Bayern want? Do we know that already? Can Barcelona sign him? Can sign him? They can't even register players that are going to come on a free. Like Cassie let, and Christensen. Yeah, like, let alone, you know, signing and paying a transfer fee. Plus, I would think that Lewandowski wages are going to be higher than Cassie and, and Christensen. Well, also, what's up with Alba too? Like, well, I guess it's still... Um, so Adama is going to go back to Wolves. Right. So then you're going to have Ansu, Torres, Oba. Then, so Dembele is potentially out. Right. Memphis. Memphis. Do you keep, do you sell? There start to be a lot of people up front. Well, no, but I'm also wondering, if, if I'm Aubameyang, right? I come here to play the last football of my career, right? I sign this contract. And now you bring in Lewandowski. Who's older than me? <laughs> Who's older than me? Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems... I mean, I'm assuming Memphis is done because Memphis is somebody who actually sell so. and make money. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. But also, do you want to put yourself in a situation where, you know, you've signed Lewandowski, so you have to sell Memphis? And why is it Memphis yeah, being linked know. to anybody? Uh, yeah, I, it's it's This whole thing it's really is... Strange. Like, logically, I was just thinking about this. All right, where would he make sense? I think where he makes sense is actually Paris Saint-Germain because you have a big salary slot open. If yeah. if Mbappe goes, yeah. you know, he gets to play. But more sense than that for me would be Leva, stay another year. You're going to be the main man. They're not going to sign another striker. You know, they're going to work on that that season. And so what? You've made enough money. And then you're a free agent at the end of the season unless you get injured. Yeah. You know, stay, clubs, those break clubs the record. In what? A year. Those, those clubs would be there in a year. You think like the clubs who want him now, who could have him now, would they still need but, but, him or need a striker? Okay, in so I'm assuming time? he does not have this burning desire to experience football in a different country because he spent his entire career uh, since leaving Poland um, in the Bundesliga, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless he's making a, this lifestyle choice, 
but then make the lifestyle choice in a year's time. If he's making a yeah. footballing career choice, to me, the logical thing to do is stay at Bayern. And it might, but you know, you've got records you're, you're pursuing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the summer, you're a free agent. You can go wherever you want. But this situation, and Bayern don't like to be shown up. I don't no. know. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Manchester United are linked with two Ajax players, defender Julian Timber and holding midfielder Lissandro Martinez. Gab, smart choices if you're Ten Hag? Um, smart choices in the sense that they need a center back and they need a holding midfielder yeah, with Matic going. Kind of totally unimaginative choices. And I kind of wonder to what degree this is just coming from the media. Like, ooh, what Ajax players are good. You know, yeah, yeah, next yeah. will link Gravenberch, I would assume, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Masrawi's already on his way. So, like, I mean, I... I know, but it makes sense for Tanai to go and get players that he knows really well and know, they know the way he plays too. It makes sense. And I think of these two, personally, I'm not sure Lissandro Martinez is some massive upgrade or he has a massive upgrade. Timber a little bit different. Timber's Timber massive. looks like a very, very good player. Yeah. But um, I just always get a bit of the heebie-jeebies when manager moves and he signs the players he had before. Um, I don't think, if we're to believe what United have briefed so far, that mm. you know it's a comprehensive look around Europe, we'll take our time, so on. We're not just going to go and sign all the former Ajax guys. Then it's a different story. Otherwise, yeah. Timber, Lisandro Martinez, get Frankie de Jong from Ajax. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pay for Lewandowski. I mean, I... I don't know. I bet Timber, phenomenal player. Yeah, yeah. From what That's we've seen 100%. this far. Right back, center back. Yeah. Nottingham Forest outlast Sheffield United in a penalty shootout. Wow. Um, that means they advance and they're going to face Huddersfield Town in the championship final for a place in next season's Premier League. Jules, this game was overshadowed by a lot a Crazy. lot of Crazy nastiness. Stuff. We had Sheffield United manager Paul Heckingbottom yeah. living up to his last name and slamming the ball in Jed Spence's midriff yeah. while Spence was, was about to take a, I guess he thought he was time-wasting. Yeah. He goes up and a little hissy fit there. Uh, Ollie McBurney, the translucent man, yeah. stepping on a fan and a supporter running on the pitch. The, the, you know, the, the fans run on there. This guy is on the ground. It's not... He says he accidentally tried to avoid him. He ends up stepping on him, whether you want to argue whether yeah, he didn't yeah, touch yeah. or not. And then finally, the some, worst, some fool runs out. Huh. And poor Billy Sharp, who, by the way, I believe is a former Nottingham Forest manager, right? He, uh, sorry, Nottingham Forest player. He's purely just standing there. This guy goes and just Head headbutts him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes, he runs at him. I, I think... I don't even know if he intentionally had, he certainly intentionally wanted to run into him I mean, and you knock see the video over. he runs straight yeah. in like doesn't whether slow he down wanted nothing. to headbutt actually headbutt him I don't know I but don't still know. I mean this guy's been arrested thankfully yeah yeah I, this is a freaking zoo it is crazy it was crazy as as great as the game was from start to finish really fantastic the twist the drama the, the penalty shootout of course all of that the rest we saw after and you know what I I used to love a pitch invasion because you show your passion and you're so happy and it's dangerous now. Please stop doing it. And I think a lot of clubs are saying don't do it. They still do it. I don't know if you need more stewards. There was another one in League 2 as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But everywhere, like, don't do it. I know you're happy. I I know you got into a playoff final or into promotion or whatever. And I know you want to celebrate and it's dangerous for for your own players, for the opposition players, things like that with the Billy Sharp stuff stuff happen. Just don't do it. You can show your appreciation in a different way. I I completely agree. I also think 
there's an element here where managers have to take responsibility for the way their teams play and how they behave on the sidelines. And I'm talking about Paul yeah. Hackingbottom here. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can say whatever you like. Man's time-wasting, right? He goes up and he just slams the ball into, you know, somebody else. A player does that, at a minimum they get booked. At a yeah, minimum, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and, uh, and, and that then created more, more of a brawl, exactly. more attention exactly. and so on. This is not necessary. No, Grow you up. You're a grown man, yeah. Paul Hackingbottom. Come on, you let yourself down and you let your team down. Yeah, definitely. Luka Modric is expected to sign a one-year extension, keeping him at the Bernabeu until June 2023. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I do wonder about why it's taking you this long. But I know. It's funny. Remember when Carlo Ancelotti said, like, oh, you know, actually managing these players isn't hard when you've got players who've won four Champions League titles and, you know, and you leave them out and they accept it. He's talking about Luka Modric. And I think this is the epitome. He's been a great pro. Yeah, He's accepted yeah. his role. He doesn't demand to play every game. You know my thoughts on extensions for older players, yeah, but on big wages. However, it's one year. It's he's one not year. being greedy. He's not yeah. being mean. You know what? If he has another season like this, of course, then he maybe yeah. gets a year after that. Yeah, exactly. This is how players. This is what exactly. a the way should be doing. Players who've made a lot of money in their careers. You know, come on. What do you need? The, the multi-year payday at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, come on, man. No. Christopher Nkunku has been voted Player Woo! of the Year in the Bundesliga. Obvious choice, right, Jules? Completely, completely. And now hear me out because this is very important. So France will go into the World Cup with the best player in Ligue 1, Kylian Mbappé, the best player in La Liga, Karim Benzema, the best player in the Bundesliga, Christopher Nkunku. I would think the best player in Serie A because if Milan win the title, it'd be either Mike Mignon or Teo Hernandez, maybe even Pierre Calulu. So, okay, maybe in England, yeah, a bit of it a won't be a friend. But just to say that France will win the World Cup, obviously, because we've got the best player from all the big leagues in Europe. That's what we do. That's what we do. Big story out of the US, Gab. A historic agreement between the men's and the women's national teams mean that they will pull revenue and effectively be paid the same. This is, this is huge. It's huge. It brings to an end, um, you know, this sort of ongoing rumbling, not just on the women's side, but on the men's side, because, of course, the men hadn't they hadn't signed their collective bargaining agreement uh, either. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of misconception, misunderstanding in the way people who don't follow football read this whole thing when they heard about equal pay and the World Cup and, you know, the prize money at the World Cup at the World Cup. There's a certain amount of prize money based on how much revenue is generated by that World Cup, yeah. which goes to the federations depending how they do in the World Cup. Yeah. Now, obviously, whatever money goes to the federations who are in the World Cup, in the case of the women's game, and this has been FIFA's defense, and I think they're absolutely right, whatever money we can spare, we want to go to develop football in other places, mm. not necessarily because if you look at who does well in the world cup so it's, yeah it's, so it's wealthy countries yeah, with wealthy fa's exactly. where the women's game Always is established right yeah um but the u.s is slightly different because of course the u.s women's team has been commercially successful they've been phenomenally successful on the pitch um what they're doing is they're pooling all their income effectively men's and women's together yeah and they're splitting it between the Quick. two yeah. they've had to give up some things for example Uh, before the uh, U.S. women's national team had players on central contracts, which means they got paid by the uh, by the U.S. Federation mm -hmm. as well as by whatever club side they played for. Um, they had all sorts of assurances of healthcare and so on, which obviously, you know, Christian Pulisic isn't going to have because he makes more money yeah, at club level. Yeah, so it wasn't easy to sort this out. Yeah, I'm I think sure. it's a big step. I think it worked in the U.S. I think what's crucial here is the players, the men's players and the women's players 
they're the ones who made this happen. Yeah, coming right? together. Coming together yeah, like that. Sure. Sticking with MLS, the Players Union has revealed that the Chicago Fire Sheridan Shakiri will be the best paid player in the league, earning around $8.1 million a season. For those who like their wages weekly and in pounds, that's around 130,000 uh, pounds a week. And by the way, for those wondering about Lorenzo Insigne and his supposedly 10 million euros net bazillion yeah, schmillion, yeah. Um, which I don't believe, he's not in the survey. No, he will be later not, once yeah, he joins. Yeah. Um, and we'll find out who's right. Yeah. I mean, this is almost twice, not completely twice, why he was earning a Lyon, which, again, I cannot believe that Chicago Fire gave him that kind of contract, paid that kind of transfer fee for him. Let's see how he does now in terms of what he brings to that team and if he can carry them and how far they go and how good he is. But I thought from, from day one that this was a huge contract, far too big for him. That's a big gamble as well. And I just... I just hope he works for them because it's a huge investment, man. It's funny. I think um, two and three were, if memory serves, Chicharito and Gonzalo Higuain in whatever order, yeah, both around right. $6 yeah, million yeah. Dollars a year. Uh, this idea that people go to MLS to you know, get rich, I think, well, I might apply for Shakiri. Yeah, because, Shakiri, yeah. But I, think, I, I don't think it's, it's quite the case anymore. And no, if you look at sure. the attendances and the prices... Um, they're in line with the top clubs in Europe. Where the big gap is are the TV contracts. Think, yeah. That's that's, that's the big difference right now. Yeah. Amnesty International has called on FIFA to pay an equal moment in World Cup prize money, 440 million in compensation to migrant workers in Doha and Qatar. Gab, do they have a point? I mean, they have a point that compensation should be paid to migrant workers in Doha and their families who... Uh, um, who, who were injured in building infrastructure projects for the World Cup. Um, FIFA came out in a statement and said, well, this money's been paid. We're not the ones who should be paying it. Mm. It should be the Qataris because they've got rules. It's their country. Yeah. Um, the amounts that have been paid have been nowhere near $440 million. I don't know if it's a symbolic figure or whatever. FIFA can also come out and say, none of us were here when yeah. representatives from countries all over the world, most of whom... Are now either have either banned. passed on or have been banned or indicted or whatever. Um, when those guys voted and yeah. gave it to Cutter, we weren't here. This administration yeah. took over in 2016. They weren't part of it. It's a question of how you can remedy. I think there's a lot of grandstanding here. Single most important thing I think that the FIFA and the world can do is not just change the laws because they have changed laws and minimum wages, but make sure that the resources and the channels are yeah. there so that migrant workers know their rights and they have a pathway, a real pathway uh, for recourse when it happens. And then that continues after the World Cup. There's been talk about funding some sort of agency that they could go to in, in, in confidence, filled with lawyers, uh, you know, familiar with Qatari law, familiar with employment law, that they can, so that they can go and have these things addressed going forward. That can be a positive, yeah. lasting legacy, I think, of this World Cup. Yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Build are reporting that Usman Dembele has been offered to Bayern. Jos, uh, don't they really have enough <laughs> wingers? They do. I think this is in case the Serge Gnabry situation is not resolved in a way that they still cannot find an agreement over an extension. Uh, and I don't think Bayern would be ready to lose him on a free the following summer, which I think, you know... Yeah, I don't know if Bayern would want to give Dembele an enormous salary either. No, 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 I don't think... But, but maybe you see him differently. I, I don't know. I think the way the money that you gave to Kingsley Coman, which is a big, big, big contract, maybe... It's a lot less than what Dembele made at Barcelona. Yeah, maybe. But uh, I think it's an interesting one considering, I mean, not that he stayed for, at Dortmund for long, but the impact that Dembele had in the Bundesliga before, you can see why they're interested and in, in have made contact. I think there's still a long way for, before Dembele yeah. arrives in Bayern, but I think it's an interesting one. And meanwhile, Gab, Ivan Perisic is out of contract at Inter and is reportedly being courted by Juventus on a free transfer, of course. Makes sense to you. I mean, Juve, love a free transfer. Di Maria, Pogba, Perisic. Yeah, uh, no. Um, <laughs> look, I don't... Again, okay, I, sh I should correct this, right? It goes back to how much money he wants and for how many years. He's had a tremendous He's end of season. He's 34, right? yeah. He's, if you can't think in terms of three-year deals at this stage of your career. If it's three years at six million net, which is the number that was, that was thrown out Quoted, there, yeah. it's far, far too much money. Um, and I don't think it's it's the right choice for Juve. Yes, you need, you need another winger to supply Vlaovic, of course. Yeah. Go and find one. Go spend your money on somebody else who's going to have resale value. This makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, Pogba is different because he's younger. And I think Pogba is also probably more durable than, yeah, uh, yeah, than yeah, Perisic yeah. throughout his career. Obviously, Perisic is a great season. Um, but no, I, I think Perisic is kind of playing. His agents are doing what agents do. Um, but no, I, I, I don't think this would be right for Juve. Mm. One of my favorite games of the year, the Bundesliga relegation playoff, pitting the third bottom team in the Bundesliga against the third best team in the second flight, kicks off in a few hours. It's two-legged. Yeah. Uh, between Hertha Berlin and the Bundesliga and Hamburg from the second Bundesliga. By the way, every league should have relegation playoffs, I think. I think this is fantastic drama. Yeah. Uh, and there's added drama here because Hertha boss, the lovable and cuddly Felix Magath, um, obviously, he's a Hamburg legend. He spent yeah, 20 years there as a player, yeah. scored the goal that won them the European Cup final back in um, 1983, I believe, in the final against Juventus. 1-0. He coached them. He was director of football yeah, there. Everything. He says his heart's only with Hertha, which yeah. obviously makes sense. That's his job right now. But I think this is a phenomenal story. It's an incredible story. And, and of course, he's conflicted. Of course, he, 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 will want, he must want to see Hamburg by the, back in the <laughs> Bundesliga because this is a club he loves. He wants to see Hertha staying up as well. I mean, Felix Mann is quite brutal. You could tell he's quite brutal. I'm not sure how much he does into feelings and sentiments. And I I don't, I'm not sure he has feelings. But, yeah, exactly. So maybe he just sees it as his two games. Whoever we play against, I don't care. You know, I need to, I need to win them or stay up and, and whatever. But there would be a feeling when you see that shirt against him and be like, oh man, of all the games that could have happened, this is the case. Jose Mourinho says the Europa Conference final between his Roma side and Feyenoord next week is the most important final of his career. I mean, come on. Ah, uh, Jules, with come your anti-Mourinho agenda. No, I read the whole quote in context. The next final is yeah. always the most exactly. important. He said it within context. So for him, because this is the final he can't control. He can't control the finals that came before, where either he won them or lost them. That's true. So, like, he's geeing people up. I, I'm, I'm really excited for this game against Feyenoord because, honestly, like, 
he's got Rome in the Roma fans in the palm of his yeah, hands yeah, right yeah. now, and and this is massive. And honestly, I and if they win that, even more, yeah, yeah. And look, people are like, oh, but the Europa Conference final, you know, what does it's it mean? Like, it's, a, it's a trophy, but it's not just a trophy. It's it's a trophy. It's a stage. It's exactly. a journey you go on together. Like nobody thinks that you know you're better going to be better than Real Madrid or Liverpool if you exactly. win. Nobody thinks that, but it makes a huge difference to these people. Involved. But the pressure is on them because they are favorite. Borussia Mönchengladbach have parted ways Whoa. with manager Adi Hutter. Did you, know, did you know his real name is Adolf? Yes, but we can't say that really. Well, I'm not surprised that somebody whose name is Adolf Hutter goes by Adi Hutter. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jules, less than a year ago, they paid uh, 7.5 million euros in compensation to get him out of his contract at Eintracht Frankfurt. This has got to be one of the most expensive mistakes yeah. in football history. Completely gab, incredible, uh, with a good squad as well. To have such a poor season really uh, is, is is baffling. I mean, we both like Adi Hutter. He did a really good job before uh, Frankfurt and even before that in Switzerland. I don't know. I don't know if I think he was maybe too different to Marco Rosso in in the management side of things maybe even tactically you paid 7.5 million euros Incredible. to get a manager no, I mean Frankfurt who just won the Europa League and it's been like oh yeah and also we got 7.5 <laughs> yeah, exactly. million for the guy before Incredible. <laughs> Napoli have signed André Franck Zambo and Gisa for 15 million euros uh, making his loan permanent from Fulham good move right he had a really Really good season. A really good season. He did a really good season in Spain before that too. And yeah, like, I, um, he's really good. I know it didn't work out for him in Fulham. Fulham are happy they have the money, presumably. But, but he's a player. The, the guy can play, Definitely. and he's so well rounded yeah. um, in his role. So, and he's got lots of character. They love him there. Yeah. Ilkay Gundogan continues to be the subject of rumors linking him with a move away from Manchester City. Jules, he's 31. He has a year left on his deal. Is this just about him, say, maybe wanting a new contract? Or does this mean that City will have to bring in two new central midfielders, given that Fernandinho is also leaving? Yeah, Fernandinho for sure. If you're going to one, uh, I think you take your time. Like we always say, at his age, I don't think he needs to rush everything. anything. If Guardiola and City want to offer him something, he can have a look, study it. In a year time, he will still be in his kind of prime-ish, although he's played a bit less this season, and he will be a free agent and be decided, he can decide whatever he wants, go back home to Germany, go to another league completely, do, you know, and, and I think that's, that's the most important here. I don't think, well, I don't need, you need to, to rush anything or, you know, get ready already. You're in a very strong position. If you want to stay, you know you're going to be a big part of yeah. that team. Going forward, if not, in a year time, you're free to sign anywhere you want. No, I, I agree. And I, I, I think what's slightly underreported here is, and I've spoken about the shortage of actual physical bodies they have, mm. but we agree they have to sign a central midfielder. Yeah. And that might be the one tipping point. If they sign somebody who is, who, who Guardiola thinks is substantially better yeah, yeah. than Gundogan, yeah, yeah, like and it's going to take Gundogan's like yeah, yeah. minutes, then that might say, all right, I want to play because I'm getting older. I've had a great time here. Let's move yeah, on. But definitely. I think that's what could change it. The Wagata Christie Libel tri trial pitting Colin Rooney against Rebecca Vardy is expected to conclude today, Gab. I bet you loved every second of it. I love every minute of it. I love the uh, when they released uh, text of those uh, WhatsApp conversations, the ones that they were able yeah. to recover, the ones that weren't on like, you know, damaged laptops or phones that fell into the North, North Sea. sea. Uh, I love some of the unintentional humor. I do think there are some serious um, uh, things to conclude from this, mm. which is a certain part of the media's obsession with the day-to-day -day life of 
of celebrities and people yeah, into yeah. it and the relationships between newspapers and the and people the, that they well, cover. She always wanted to set up the you know all the wives together to get paparazzi take photo for the sun is is really disturbing. I mean, there's a much broader conversation to be had, I think, about how celebrity works and so on and what mm. the purpose of it is. Um, I think even if Colleen Rooney loses this trial, I think she's won this trial. Yeah. And the Rebecca same applies Vardy in reverse for Rebecca yeah, Vardy. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the winner of the Amber, Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial plays the final against the winner of the Rebecca Vardy Colin Rooney trial. I believe that's a, that, that that's inevitable. I, th I think the final <laughs> I think be it's already been booked in uh, at the uh, at the Central Tribunal in uh, in, in Doha um, next uh, next March. Back to Lionel Messi Jules. Yep. During Paris Saint-Germain's tour of Doha, he took a penalty against a robot goalkeeper made of cardboard. That's right. It did not go well. No, it didn't. It's not the first time I think every Players that visit, that go to Doha face face the robots. Uh, we've seen many videos before, and it's very rare that you score because I think either the robot is very good or the robot cannot lose. I think because uh, he's so quick, he you know, basically doesn't have legs and he just moves from right to left, like down and stuff like that. <laughs> Messi tried the 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 right top corner. And the robot so He should have used some psychology on the robot. Maybe. Fake one way, go the other I way. I wonder like. if the robot responds to the panenka well or not. Because, you know, if he's already that, I don't, I don't know. But what's the thing is you've got loads of people around, you know, obviously watching you uh, doing it. And obviously... Is it true the robot is, uh, uh, is programmed by the uh, neuro people who uh, provide the AI? Maybe. You would love that. <laughs> by the way, ugliest robot. It yeah, looks, very. It, it I mean, looks it looks like cheap. Such a piece, it looks so cheap. cheap the, the whole setup. like a funfair one that <laughs> you roll with your hand kind of thing. If you're going to do it, if it's just a I cardboard know. piece, make it look good. I know. It looks like Arturo Vidal and his monster wages will leave Inter this summer, a year early, Gab, and he's deciding on his uh, future destination in a very democratic way. So first of all, great news for Inter. Yeah, if, massively. If his wages go away. Um, I suspect that would be one of those things like, how about you pay me some money to not be here? Yeah, right? probably. Like um, yeah, he went on Instagram and it's, it's a very Arturo Vidal. First, he films his, his girlfriend like dancing around the pool in a Flamengo top. And then <laughs> at the end, he puts out an Instagram poll. Should I go to Flamengo or should I go to Colo Colo in, in Chile? Um, and people could vote on this. Now, when you already have the setup with the Flamengo shirt, the beautiful woman by the pool and everything, and it's Flamengo, yeah. it's Rio, yeah. versus, all due respect, Colo Colo in Santiago. We all know the answer. Not quite we the same the thing. Exactly. Anyway, Jules, this brings us to an end. Okay. But we got to come back. We got to come back on Monday. We would have Last a Premier League champion. Final verdicts. Final yes. verdicts in Serie A, wow. final verdicts in the Premier League. Yeah. Plenty more to talk about. Join us then. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love your neighbor.